Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women every single day who are making Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. And man, we have a treat of a, of a show today. And I want to start with this. I actually walked into my guest bedroom this morning, and over the bed there is a is a art by is art by Walter Anderson. Um, I'm assuming that art like this like hangs in homes probably all over the world when you think about it. He's such an appreciated artist. And I think the more people who come in contact with him, the more people who, you know, who appreciate him. But, but anyway, he's made incredible contributions uh, to coastal Mississippi and, and to the art world in general. Um, I've, I've gained a deeper appreciation, though, for Walter Anderson as a result of my conversations with Julian Rankin, the executive director for the Walter Anderson Museum of Art, Ocean Springs. Um, we've spent a lot of time here on Coast View just talking about Walter Anderson and what he means to this area. Um, he's made such a great, uh, great contribution. It's, it's not just his art, though. He's, he's a poet. He's, he's a philosopher. Uh, and, I, you know, one point about Julian is that he's so incredibly articulate, articulate about the subject of Walter Anderson. But there's a new intimate and really revealing documentary that, that I have watched several times now by filmmakers Robert St. John and Anthony Thaxon that helped us gain a greater appreciation for Walter Anderson. And I would say a greater appreciation on a whole new level, really, a deeper level. Um, it's excellent. And I've, it's helped me understand Walter Anderson in ways that I didn't really understand it before because it, I, I don't know, something's important about context. And the context of this particular documentary is, is really good. It's now the definitive documentary on Walter Anderson. But I want to share with you how it touched me. Um, if, you, if we only see Walter Anderson as a, as a prolific, uh, inspiring artist, uh, we're certainly going to be touched by him. You know, he, he was good. He, he was really good. But to gain a deeper appreciation for his contributions, you have to delve into his life. And you have to delve into his writings a little bit more deeply. And when you do, you're going to be touched. That, and I think probably amazed, actually, that he was a profound philosopher. And he was a really cool p- poet. And he was a really deep thinker that he was trying to find this bridge between art and nature and humanity. And the way he wrote about it was just so profound, actually. Uh, He was always searching. In fact, he dedicated his life to this journey of searching, literally at the expense of everything else in his life, especially his family. He once wrote this, and I, I can relate to it, actually. Just remember discontent is one of the penalties of greatness. You know, he lived a life of discontent. He lived a life of searching. For 20 years, he lived, or excuse me, for 20 years, he visited uh, Horn Island uh, on a rowboat. His son said that, you know, later said of that, that experience, that the smaller the boat, the bigger the island appeared. And that was Horn Island he was talking about. He said that in a small boat, you could really feel nature. 
Walter Anderson, we came to know about him. He just coveted solitude. And his son said, though, that solitude was a tool that helped him find his unity with nature. That his father was attempting to realize his relation to nature so he could realize the beauty of humanity. And if you read his writings, you really do understand that about him. His son also said of his father that while he might have been often alone on the island, in, in, in the sense that he wasn't there with people, he was the least alone person that he knew. Uh, Walter Anderson later wrote, after years of long, deep immersion in Horn Island, he wrote this, all movement is, is excuse me, all movement is to invisible music. It comes from the sun and the wind and a running rabbit and a crowing cock. And together it is part of a great symphony. The longer we listen and the quieter we are, the more we hear. And when we do, and, and when we do hear, we are part of the music instead of an unwelcomed interruption. Uh, man, that describes sort of the feeling that I've always had when I'm like wade fishing at Horn Island. I've always had this sense that what I see and what I experience there is so much greater than me. Uh, the cacophony of sounds that he talks about, you know, the birds and the rolling waves and the, the wind and the jumping mullet, that has always spoken to me when I've been at Horn Island. In, in, in a larger sense of nature, it, it gives you a larger sense of nature and how you fit into it. Um, I, uh, I was always drawn to Horn Island, but what Walter Anderson put in words and put in his art helped me get a better appreciation for that, helped me understand the connection that I sense. He put words to what I experienced, and he also put words to what I experienced in other areas of coastal Mississippi when I experienced them. I mean, he, he's just, it's just that profound. And this documentary helps you see that. Um, you know, what's really interesting to me that if you really want to get a deeper appreciation for Walter Anderson, you had to, and, and what his contributions are, you have to study his life. And it wasn't until we got this documentary that we got an opportunity to, to, to I, I would say, grow our appreciation for Walter Anderson. Um, so when I see that art sitting on top of the, of the bed in my guest room now, I, I just have to pause for a second and realize that this was a really powerful man that we had the benefit of having here in coastal Mississippi. And this incredible documentary about Robert St. John's and Anthony Thaxon helped us help me and will help you as well see this more clearly. So I'm pleased now to turn to my friend Robert St. John, someone who's been on this show many, many times. I mean, he is a jack of all trades, if you just want to call it that. But it's great to see you back again on Coast View. And uh, I'm really looking forward to discussing your Walter Anderson project. How you doing, Robert? Good, Ricky. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be back. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for the so work you, to uh, continue to do down there. Well, on the you, coast. Heard, you heard what I said. Um, it's true, though. I mean, I, I would assume, you know, you spent your life down here. Your mother always believed that you needed, your, your dad wasn't around, so your mother bought that fishing camp over in Pascula River, and you were experiencing life in much the same way. You had to have had the same kind of profound awareness that I had as you learned more about Walter Anderson's life. I think that has a lot to do with uh, how I connected with Anderson really at an early age. You know, my dad died when I was six and my mom knew uh, she couldn't play football with my brother and me and, you know, couldn't hunt. 
but she figured she could learn how to fish. And so we uh, we just bought a little small fish camp up John's Bayou, right off Pine Island, uh, up the Pascagoula River. And she's an artist. Her mother was an artist, and her mother was an artist. And and so that's how I ended up at Shearwater Pottery uh, when I was very young. And, uh, you know, we had one of those uh, linoleum block prints of the alligator that we got probably in the late 60s, early 70s that was always in our house growing up. And one thing about Walter Anderson that I believe, you know, I believe all great art has a sense of place. And I'm not sure, you know, you you got Monet's Gardens, you know, there are all these artists with us. I don't know if there's ever been an artist who was more of his place than Walter Anderson. I mean, Walter, I mean, he traveled to China, he biked across China. I mean, he walked once in six months from Maryland to Mississippi, rode his bike to Tennessee, rode his bike to Texas, originally from New Orleans. But the coast was his place. And, um, you know, we're, we're just really fortunate uh, to be from here. And that's, you know, we we wanted to do we're 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 working on a series of documentaries about notable Mississippians, and um, Anthony Thaxton and I, who is who is truly a brilliant filmmaker, and if if you've seen this documentary, you already know how talented how talented Anthony is. If you haven't, then once you do see it, uh, you're gonna, you're going to be really amazed, and uh, we're we're really proud of the work and and. Uh, it was an easy choice to do Walter Anderson right out of the shoot. You know, you're so much. I don't know how you decided what wasn't going to make it into into the documentary when you think about how powerful his writings were. Yeah. That had to have been agony trying to figure that out. Well, and that's all Anthony. Anthony is a, is a great storyteller through film. He, uh, Anthony and I have worked together for about 20 years. Um, on different uh, pro I mean Anthony is he's a he's a great artist visual artist uh, you know in watercolor mediums and other mediums he's a musician he's a singer he can play multi instruments he's a filmmaker an editor I mean just he's so talented and and that's really him and we we got the idea to do this we were shooting our TV show palette to palette uh, down, uh, we were doing a Mississippi episode on the coast, and we were in the Walter Anderson Museum uh, one night filming. And John Anderson, the youngest of the children, the four children, John showed up and was taking us through the little room, you know, that's there uh, that used to be attached to Anderson's cottage that's now at the museum, and was talking about when his mom and his aunt went into that room for the first time. And I'm sure all your listeners know the story, but but for those who don't, you know, he lived a pretty reclusive life at Shearwater Pottery, which was the family compound there in Ocean Springs. And they didn't really see him a lot about the last 20 or so years of his life. He'd go out to Horn Island and spend three weeks at a time painting. They never saw any real artwork. He kind of painted some of the pottery at Shearwater, but, um, all of the, uh, they didn't see any work of, of his. And so uh, when, after he died, there was a lock on this room and they opened the room and it had been painted with this beautiful mural. And in a chest there were 2000 or more watercolors. And, and John said, uh, while we're touring that night, 
My mom used to say, you know, your dad would be a great artist if he weren't such a beachcomber. And then after they had that experience in the little room and they found all of this art that he left the world, she said, you know what? Your dad was such a great artist because he was a beachcomber. This is Robert St. John, and we're talking about Walter Anderson and the definitive documentary on his life and book, I might add. We'll talk more about that when we come back from break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Robert St. John about the new sort of de- definitive documentary on Walter Anderson, and there's a uh, there's a book as well. What I, what I wanted to say though, what was really important about this documentary for me, having long known a lot about about Walter Anderson, but if I look back before the documentary, my knowledge was kind of jagged. I didn't necessarily understand where China fit in. I didn't really understand when was he in New Orleans? When did they buy land at Shearwater? How did Maryland fit into this? When did he go to the mental mental institution? What was the relationship between malaria and that? Yeah, you know what? I would say that the the documentary is so good because it, it it helps you keep everything in context. For for example, I didn't realize that China was so that that he started the 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 murals in the community center when he came back from China and how it in, impacted him and how people kind of pushed back on it you know they said I don't know if we like this or not yeah. and uh, it was also interesting to see that he probably some of his greatest art was covered up by himself <laughs> it was all yeah. part of the process but what i loved about what he came to understand about it is that the art in and of itself was a byproduct of what his real search was all about. That's the cool thing about this whole story related to Walter Anderson, isn't it? Yeah, the art was just part of the process. It, it didn't mean a lot to him. I mean, he used it to light fires. And I mean, they found Sissy, his wife, um, when they went into the cottage, I mean, they found a big stack of those watercolors that he did on, that that had been just put in the fireplace. And, and the stack was so large, I think it put out the fire. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, that, it, it, he was in search of just, it seems to me, just being one with nature. And you're right. He was a poet, and he was a big thinker. Uh, he's To me, he's one of Mississippi's greatest big thinkers. I mean, he... It, and and I guess a lot of that solitude on the island really, you know, allows you to, you know, uh, get really, really deep in your thoughts. And then he was he was such a great writer. And this documentary, what what we wanted to do, what Anthony chose to do so wisely. I'm the producer on this and had some suggestions, but it's really he's the director and, and the editor. And Anthony made some excellent decisions. And we went. It's the story as told by the ones who knew him best, which are his four surviving kids. We have recordings of his wife and then some other family members. And uh, we got to know the family very well during this process. And um, 
you know, it, it, it was pretty. I mean, when when you want to you want to know about a family, you want to know about a person. You you go to the people who knew him best, and they gave us total access. We had total access to, you know, the vault, to all the paintings. The museum was great, which is a crown jewel of the coast, in my opinion. That, mm -hmm. that museum is awesome. They gave us total access. We interviewed all of them. And, uh, you know, we wanted this to be the guidepost that I kept telling Anth. What we need is the person, the, the PBS viewer in Portland, Oregon, and the PBS viewer and Bangor, Maine, and everybody in between who have never heard of Walter Anderson, we want them to know the whole person and what is life. With so many people, and and you know, even people on the call, you know, the the quick automatic, uh, simplistic way to sum up all, he was crazy, you know, and and that's really when you when you dig deep, that's debatable. Um, yeah, you know, you can't be crazy and that productive there's just no way to have been as productive he was and like you mentioned both times he ended up in a mental hospital he first he checked himself in um he wasn't committed he checked himself in and it was both times after he had contracted malaria mm -hmm. and um and his brother he and his brother were in one at the same time uh jill connor brown tells the story i wrote in the afterward to the book you mentioned um i loved it my favorite walter anderson story and there are a bunch of them but when he was in the mental institution um and and again he was he was there of his own volition checked himself in but he left in the middle of the night one night and he did the classic tying the sheets together and you know lowering them down the the window and, and the wall from either the second or third floor and as he climbed down he took a bar of ivory soap and drew birds on the brick wall as he climbed down and to me that's just so that sums up the man he was even in that moment you know he's creating art and it's the 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 bird which is i guess the freest of all yeah. animals um you know he symbolized that and it's just you know it's he, he was an amazing person and then you know when he came back from the mental institution a lot of his art was from sort of aerial views of things so he yeah. sort of saw himself as the bird flying over yeah. shearwater pottery and other places and Anthony did a great job. You'll see in the in the what what is so impressive about Anderson taking these up. He had never seen Shearwater Pottery from that angle or Horn Island from that angle. But when Anthony got the drone up in the air and did the shots, I mean, he nailed it. It's and, it's, it's very, and that's very so interesting. Impressive. But what yeah. it was, I, I think he was a genius, literally a genius, and he sensed this quest to understand humanity and nature and how they fit together that's why when i in my opening comment you know first of all the way it was done in the in the documentary having a voice that could be similar to walter anderson doing these quotes it sort of reminded me of um of Ernest Hemingway, I'm a big, you know, big Ernest Hemingway fan. But when he talked about the, all movement is invisible music, and he went on to say they together this great symphony. The longer we listen, the quieter we are, and the quieter we are, the more we hear. And when we do hear, we are part of music instead of an unwelcome interruption. That's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> he came just, to understand that, didn't he? Yeah. 
He's a poet. I mean, he's a poet. We're uh, we're working on another book with uh, with the family and John Anderson, who will uh, edit it and everything. You know, they're the Horn Island Logs, which are his writings. Uh, and uh, we're working on our next book. In addition to, there's a companion piece uh, to the documentary, Walter Anderson, um, about his life and art. Uh, so the book comes out in a couple of weeks, but, but next year or soon thereafter will be the bicycle logs, which were his ride. I mean, he rode his bike all over the place. I mean, it's just an, he, was, he was an amazing thinker. He was just a big thinker and a talented guy. Well, he, you know, the, okay, so I, I remember, I guess, as one of his daughters was, was referring to the time that he got in the boat, at, uh, the, the small smelling craft at the age of 15 and decided to go to New Orleans and, and Lake Bourne storm comes up, he ends up hanging, they thought he was dead, ends up hanging on a beacon or something for two or three days. And he said, he's never going to do that again. And that, and he, and he, and he did it again for the rest of his life. Yeah. But it was part of who he was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And he was actually living it. He was born in New Orleans and he lived first part of his life before he went to art school and everything in New Orleans. And then, you know, the family, uh, his mom went over and they bought Shearwater um, pottery, uh, that that compound there. But yeah, he, you know, he, he would take a small boat out to ship, I mean, to Horn Island. Actually, he went to other barrier islands. He went to Horn the most. He liked Horn the most, but he would row out. He'd had a bed sheet for a sail. He tumped over a lot of the time, you know, his art. It, it was all done on typing paper. And I was talking to John Anderson at the Peter Anderson Festival last week, a few days ago. And he said, because of the block prints, you know, and those were all done on the backs of wallpaper. Uh, Walter Anderson's mom, and this is in the documentary, believed that everybody should surround themselves with beautiful things and certainly beautiful art. And Walter Anderson wanted that art to be available uh, to as many people as it could. That's how he was paid $1 for the mural you're talking about in the community center in Ocean Springs, which actually was debated on whether they needed to paint over it or not. I've talked to somebody who grew up in the, in the late 50s, early 60s, and they used to just tape posters over it when they had dances in there. And that thing's probably valued at $60 million today or whatever. But, you know, he that's why he worked on typing paper because typing paper was inexpensive. Um, you know, it was, it was as readily available. He did sell the block prints. He didn't sell a lot of art in his lifetime. Those block prints, which predate Picasso's large scale block prints, um, sold for like a dollar a foot. Uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he he's when, when talking about visiting Horn Island, he says celestial beings are allowed to visit there. Providence made an exception in my case. That's right. But good Lord. I mean, the, and you know what? If you study his art and then you go spend time at Horn Island, which I spend as much time there as I possibly can, you see in the detail of that place, whether it's a shell or whether it's a horseshoe crab or whether it's a bird or the trees, just in context, you see Walter Anderson all over that place, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, and and you see why he wanted to go out there so much. And I think that the family obviously didn't understand. They well, number one, they I don't think they had any clue he was being as productive, um, as he is, and and when was. And then you know, they find all of that work, and then they understood. Well, okay, well, this is what he was doing while he was out there. Yeah, it's just it's just really incredible. Robert St. John. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you to talk about the incredible documentary on, on Walter Anderson. What I would recommend people do, just go put Walter Anderson documentary in Google. Bam, it pops up. Watch it. I found myself, again, I've watched it three or four times. Every time I see it, I see something different. But it's truly inspiring. As a coastal Mississippian, it helps you gain a greater appreciation for this sense of place that we have here. And man, did Walter Anderson understand that. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it, my friend. Be on the lookout for the book, too. Thanks, Ricky. Oh, you bet. It was hung up in a ship off the coast of the Port of California, and it will soon arrive. So look forward to getting it for sure. Take care, my friend. Thanks, bud. You bet. Take care. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.